Well, good morning, everybody. It's so great to be able to reach out to you through video, and we're glad that you tuned in to Victory Christian Fellowship. And uh, we're here, we're going to praise the Lord, and we're going to encourage you with the Word of God. And God's Spirit and His Word together will make an explosive force in your life. Thanks for tuning in. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are the mighty God. And there's nothing that is impossible to you. And Lord, we call upon your strength and your power and your might today. And thank you, Lord, that it has been made available to sustain us, to keep us, and to deliver us from evil. And Lord, we command the things that are happening in this world with the virus to stop and desist in the name of Jesus. But yet during this time, Father, we want people to rise up and to call upon you. So thank you, Father, for working mightily in our midst and turning things around like only you can do. And we just thank you, Lord, that your power and your glory will be manifested and cause us to overcome in all things in Jesus' name. So let's worship together and praise his name. Amen. Let's worship together this morning. We have a song listed for you so you can join in with us. You can play your instruments at home and just let's worship God. Create an atmosphere around you of worship and thanksgiving to God. This morning as you thank him for breath, as you thank him for life and provision and protection wherever you are, anywhere in the world this morning.
are scattered. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that your banner over us is love. And, Lord, your love never fails. It keeps your children safe. Lord, you are our protecting shield. You are our defense. Oh, we trust in you. We bless you, Lord. Oh, this is a time to exercise your faith and speak to mountains, speak to challenges, speak to difficulties. Call those things that be not as though they are. We have a new confession this time, and it's based on Psalm 91. Amen. And, uh, you know, you can just say these words after us, and uh, that's a way of releasing God's power. We can make our confession. Amen. We make our dwelling place in the secret place of the Most High. We make our dwelling place in the secret place of the Most High. We remain stable and fixed. We remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord. We say of the Lord. He is our refuge and fortress. He is our refuge and our fortress. He is our God. He is our God. On him we lean, rely, and in him we confidently trust. On him we lean, rely, and in him we confidently trust. He delivers us from the snare of the fowler. He delivers us from the snare of the fowler. And from the deadly pestilence. And from the deadly pestilence. He covers us with his pinions. He covers us with his pinions. And under his wings we trust and find refuge. And under his wings we trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. We are not afraid of the terrors of the night. We are not afraid of the terrors of the night. Nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. Nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. We are not afraid of the disease. We are not afraid of the disease. The destruction or sudden death that stalks at not in darkness. Destruction or sudden death that stalks in darkness. Trouble will not come near us. Trouble will not come near us. 
The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our refuge. Our dwelling place. Our dwelling place. And no evil will befall us. And no evil will befall us. Nor any calamity come near our home. Nor any calamity come near our home. Our church or wherever we are. Our church or wherever we are. God's angels accompany, defend, and preserve us. God's angels accompany, defend, and preserve us. In all of our ways of obedience and service. In all of our ways of obedience and service. We call upon God. We call upon God. And he answers us. And he answers us. He will be with us in trouble. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us. He will deliver us. He will honor us. He will honor us. We are satisfied with long life. We are satisfied with long life. At victory, at victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls. Our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. With the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world. We activate God's word to go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. And preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship. At Victory Christian Fellowship. We are. We are. Inheriting God's promises. Inheriting God's promises. And experiencing their benefits. And experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Well, for our announcements, we have a couple. Um, we, uh, Pastor Duncan and I, have been calling uh, those of you who are family and friends of Victor Christian Fellowship and attend regularly here, that we know you, but we miss you. We miss seeing you face to face. So we have been calling you, and if you have FaceTime or Facebook video, we've been chatting with you. So. If you haven't talked to us as yet, you probably have a message waiting for you from our church office. And um, as soon as you set the time up, we are excited to see you personally, pray with you for anything that you need prayer for, and see if there's anything we can help as a church to minister to your family and to you during this time. So we want to make sure that you are blessed by that. And we also didn't forget about the kids. We have some things coming for them, so watch out for that in the mail. And uh, let us know how they, how excited they are to receive them. And anything that you need, just give us a call, uh, send a message through Facebook, or call our church office, and we will be happy to minister to you, whoever's watching during this time. God bless you. Amen. I want to uh, share something with you. This is called the organist. A minister was uh, preoccupied with thoughts of how he was going to, at the end of the worship service, to ask the congregation to come up with more money than they were expecting for repairs for the church building. Therefore, he was annoyed to find that the regular organist was out and a substitute had been brought in at the last minute. The substitute wanted to know uh, what to play. Here's a copy of the service, he said. But you'll have to think of something to play after I make the announcement about the finances. During the service, the minister paused and said, Brothers and sisters, we are in great difficulty. The roof repairs cost twice as much as we're expected, and we need $4,000 more 
Any of you who can pledge $100 or more, please stand up. At this moment, the substitute organ, organist played the Star Spangled Banner. And that is how the substitute became the regular. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, it's good to be able to laugh and uh, to have those things. I want to share with you a scripture before we get into the message from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, uh, verses uh, 1 and 2. And uh, the New Living Translation says, Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. Um, the New King James says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you shall find it many days. And what he's really talking about here is sowing and reaping. Amen. To be a Christ follower is to be a generous-hearted giver. And I want to say thank you to our church family. You have faithfully given, you have diligently sowed, and you can expect a return. You have cast bread on many waters, and it's coming back to you. Amen? Hallelujah. You never lose out in giving to God. So how can you give? You can give online. Uh, go to our website at vcfpa.org. You can send it in the mail, or you can come by the building and uh, drop it off where normally our office doors are. Uh, you can slip it in through the doors, and it goes into a box. And uh, thank you so much. And Father, we just give you thanks and praise that your word is true, and your blessing abounds to every giver. Father, you cause them to overcome and increase no matter what the circumstances show. Because, Father, you are good to your word and you perform your word. And we're so grateful and thankful that the gifts given are blessed and the givers are increased in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to continue talking to you today about miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, our God is a God of miracles. And we don't live by miracles because we have to live by faith, but we believe that miracles will happen. Amen? And uh, when we need an extra boost from God, his power is available to us when we need it. And this, this morning, I want to talk about how miracles are come from the power of God's hand. You know, um, God uses the simple things of this world to confound the wise. And oftentimes, Jesus would speak in parables. He would use natural things, such as sheep and wheat and corn, to explain spiritual truths. And so God uses things like a hand. You know, if you look at your hand, your hand has, most hands have five fingers, and uh, it's able to do a lot of things. And uh, God uses his hand 
to bring about his glory, his power, his goodness, and to come against his enemies. So I want you to understand what the hand of God does for you. For you who believe, he will cause you to rejoice when you discover what God's hand will do for you. But for those who doubt, it's an opportunity to change. So I want you to take God's hand today and walk with him daily. And we're going to go on a journey and discover the power of God's hand. And we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. And uh, that's where our journey is going to begin. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. The Bible says, and I am sure the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by, uh, not by a, a mighty hand, not but, but by a mighty hand. And the Lord says, I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders in the sight of the, uh, uh, which, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give people, the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when, uh, when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and... Uh, of her that sojourns in the house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment or clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. Hallelujah. All that was done with God's hand. So here's what I want you to know about God's hand. There are times when you need a mighty hand to make things happen. Hallelujah. And we're at a time right now. We need God's hand to come down and to smite this disease, this sickness, this infirmity that has affected the whole world. Hallelujah. See, miracles occur. When God stretches his hand, when God extends his hand, things happen. Amen? Number one, when he stretches his hand, power is displayed and deliverance happens. In order for God to rescue his people from bondage, from slavery, and from oppression, God used his hand. His hand was stretched forth against the Egyptians and God's power was displayed and deliverance occurred. A second thing that God that happens when God stretches his hand, his, when God stretches his hand, divine favor is released. See, God gave Israel favor to ask the Egyptians for stuff 
And because of the favor of God, God, the, the Israelites got stuff. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to toil for it. But when God stretched his hand, favor was released. And when favor is released, good things happen no matter who's in charge. A third thing that happens when God's hand is released, when God stretches his hand, provision occurs. He told his people, he said, you're not going to leave empty-handed. But I'm going to actually cause you to plunder the Egyptians, not by the sword, not by the spear, but by the power of God. So when the Israelites left Egypt, who were slaves for 430 years, they did not leave empty-handed. They left with gold, they left with silver, they left with jewelry, and they left with clothing that their kids could wear. Amen? And by the way, Israel gained the majority of its wealth from Joseph. When every other country at that time around Egypt had to go to Egypt to buy food, that's how, Israel, that's how Egypt got wealthy. And then another thing that happens when God stretches his hand is you receive silver, gold, jewelry, and clothing. You receive your needs. Amen? You know, if you, if you lack anything... You can take hold of your father's hand and he will give you things. He will provide for you. He told us not to worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or where you're going to live. Jesus even said that you're more important than the birds. Thank God that people are more important than birds. And the, another thing that will happen when God stretches his hand, you will plunder your enemies. Those who were against you, those who were oppressive to you, those who attacked you or enslaved you. When God said, I want you to notice, power is displayed and deliverance occurs. Divine favor is released. Provision occurs. You receive silver, gold, jewelry, and clothing. And you'll plunder your enemies. It looks like five things that God does when he stretches forth his hand. Let's give God a high five today. All right? And let's tap into the power that's available in his hand. C.S. Lewis said this. Miracles are a retelling of a story in small letters to the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for us to see. Miracles tell the story that the words that are written across the world can't be seen. And Michael Youssef said this, we do not fool God by saying we want something for his glory when secretly our motivations are selfish. We do not fool him by saying we believe he can work miracles when inwardly we doubt he will follow through. So God promised to move on his people's behalf. Number one, he heard their cry. 
And so God dispatched his hand. He stretched forth his hand, and his hand performed wonders, signs, and miracles. And each miracle was increasing in the power of God, which caused Pharaoh's... He, Pharaoh was the poster child of hard-heartedness. He had a hard heart, and he didn't want to let the people go. He was told several times, let my people go, let my people go. And he said, okay, go, but then he would change his mind, and he would keep them oppressed, he would keep them bound, he would keep his hand upon them until God's hand moved upon him. So God told Moses in Exodus 6, 1, he said, you will see what I will do to Pharaoh because my mighty hand, he will, he, will, he will let them go. Because of my strong hand, he will drive them out of the land. You know, God's hand can move things. Do you realize that when the Bible says for us to speak to mountains, when we speak God's word, God's hand moves and crushes that mountain? It moves on our behalf. David Wilkerson said this, how quickly we forget God's great deliverances in our lives. How easily we take for granted the miracles he performed in our past. In Exodus 7, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, I will lay my hand on Egypt, and by mighty acts of judgment, I will bring the divisions of my people Israel out of the land. Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. So with God's hand, he brings us out of oppression, bondage, and slavery. And with God's hand, there's all, when God's hand moves, there's all, always a revealing of who God is. When his hand begins to move on a situation or on a circumstance, it reveals who God is. Amen? And God's hand looses the grip that the enemy had on you. It doesn't matter how whole, how hard the enemy holds on. When God's hand comes in, the enemy's grip is loosed from your life. It's like, you know, if someone's got a hold on you, if you can pull back their thumb, they're going to let go. Because of the, your thumb was not meant to, designed to go backwards. In Exodus 11, 7, the Bible says, Know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come down and bow before me, saying, Go, you and all the people follow you after that. I will depart. So God's hand separates his children from the world. He makes a distinction. When he puts his hand on you, you're in relationship with him. It's no different than a father taking a young child across a busy intersection or across or through a parking lot. What does the father do? He takes the child by the hand. 
he puts his hand down so that the child can grab onto his hand, and by grabbing onto the hand, the child can navigate safely through the parking lot. When we take hold of God's hand, he'll navigate you through life safely. He'll cause you to avoid dangers that would have been, you would have been exposed to had you not taken his hand. So we need to take God's hand today. Exodus 13, 3. Moses told the people, remember this day that you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for the Lord brought you out by the strength of his hand. With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. He brought us out of the world. He brought us out of the world system, and he brought us into his kingdom. Praise God. God took his hand and extended it to you and brought you out of darkness. In Exodus 33, verse 21, when Moses wanted to see God's glory, God said, okay. I'll show you my glory, but you can only show the backside. So he put Moses in the cleft of the rock, and while he passed by, his hand covered him. And he removed his hand, so Moses got a glimpse of God's glory. So God's hand will protect you. It'll keep you safe. It'll give you assistance, and God's hand will punish and judge your adversaries. Hallelujah. So God does miracles through his hand. There's a twofold purpose of God's hand. Number one, he wants to do miracle signs, wonders, and release his power for believers. And number two, He'll, he'll issue punishment, judgment, and vengeance against his enemies. So God's, the same hand that rescues you is the same hand that will fight for you. Hands are stretched out to help and to save. With our hands, we lift them up to praise God. With our hands, you know, our hands are God's hands. Say that with me. Say, my hands are God's hands. We're the body of Christ, aren't we? And therefore, our hands are an extension of his hands. What are you getting your hands into? What are you putting your hands on? You know, the Bible says whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Why? Because his hands are in our hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen? God's hands has, that he can carry the world without getting tired or weary. So, here's some things that Jesus, who is God's son, who is God in the flesh, put his hands to. In Matthew 14, 11, when Peter walked on the water, and he got distracted by the wind and the waves. He was making his way to Jesus. He stepped out of the boat. He took a couple steps on the water, but he got distracted. He got his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink. And you know, when we get our eyes off Jesus, we will sink. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand 
and took hold of Peter. His hand has the ability to rescue us. He can rescue you from any trouble. There's no trouble too big for God's hand. Amen? Jesus stretched his hand and he rescued Peter. If you feel like you're overwhelmed, like you're drowning in all this stuff, God's extending his hand to you. He's reaching his hand down to you. And all you've got to do is reach out and hold on to it. And you'll be rescued. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse, I'm sorry, Matthew 8 verse 3. The Bible says that there was a leper who came to Jesus. And he wondered, he knew that Jesus had the ability, but what the leper didn't know was, would you be willing to do it for me? Would you be willing to cleanse me? I know that you can, but will you do it for me? You know, sometimes we, Satan tries to think that, he, he tries to deceive you by saying that you're inferior and you're not worthy of the Lord's touch, but you're worthy. And so here's how Jesus answered his question. Will you do it for me, Lord? Jesus put out his hand and he touched the leper and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So God's hand shows his compassion and loving kindness. He touched a leper whom no one else was willing to touch. God's hand can go places where man's hand can't. God can not only touch your body, he can reach into your soul, into your heart. He can change you from the inside out. So his compassion and his loving kindness. How many people were healed in Jesus' ministry when he touched them? He touched blind eyes and they were opened. He touched people who were hurting and they were healed. He touched people who couldn't walk and they got up jumping and leaping and walking. Jesus touched the ear that was cut off in the garden and put it back on. You know, Peter took out his sword and I suppose he was going for the man's head, but he got his ear. Now think about this for a moment. Peter cut the ear off of Malchus, and it fell to the ground. Jesus picked up that ear with his hand, put it back on his head, and it was healed as if nothing happened. That was the hand of Jesus. That was the hand of the Lord. His hand brings healing. His hands bring blessing. His hands bring anointing. His hands release power. You know, after all, Jesus has carpenter's hands. He's got strong hands, right? Jesus knew how to grip a hammer. He knew how to nail a, a nail into the board. When Jesus appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, verse 7, the disciples who were with him were Peter, James, and John. And after this experience, after this encounter where they saw Jesus in all of his glory, they saw him talking with Moses and Elijah, they saw heaven on earth, 
And then when, when uh, the encounter was over, they were afraid. They were trembling. And what did Jesus do? Verse 7 says, Jesus came and touched them and said to them, be not afraid. God's hand brings calm and peace. When we realize that God's hand is on us, the enemy can't touch us. That's a revelation, amen? We've got to know that God's hand is on us. Do you know, are you assured, are you confident that God's hand is on you? He brings calm and peace. In Luke 11, verse 20, the Bible says that the Lord cast out demons with the finger of God. His hand brings deliverance. Only he goes, dink! To every demon, he dinks them out of you. Amen? God only uses a finger to cast out devils. But he used his hand for deliverance and his arm for resurrection. That means <laughs> casting out devils takes the least amount of power. Ooh, and we have authority over every devil and the devil himself. Praise God through Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished on the cross and the resurrection. We have power. We have power over this virus in the name of Jesus. Amen. I command this virus to stop its effects. Amen. And I think that there's going to be a great turnaround coming up. Because there's something happening. We're going to have a celebration called resurrection. Amen. I declare and I declare. You know the Bible says that we got to decree a thing. We don't have to pray about the virus. We speak to it. We declare what we want it to do. Virus, you're dead. Yeah. Virus, stop infecting people in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You drop to the ground and die. In Jesus' name. In John 10... In the beautiful picture of the Good Shepherd, in verse 28, Jesus said this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. John 10, 28. Protection. He's the, the hand of the shepherd defends the sheep from the lion and the bear and the wolves and anything else that would try to come against them in the name of Jesus. So he has hands of protection. In Acts chapter 4, verse 30, after Peter and John were put in prison for getting a lame man healed at the gate beautiful, they came back and they told their company. And when they did, the company together began to pray. And this is what they prayed in verse 30. Stretch, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They were praying that God would stretch forth his hand to heal. Amen. God's got a healing hand. Amen. And let me tell you, when you're on God's side, you have the upper hand. Yeah. When you're with God, you've been dealt the better hand. They prayed. 
That's something that we can pray. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. However you want to heal, Lord, you can do it. There's so many avenues that he heals. But they prayed that God would stretch forth his hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah. Did you know that God sent a message to a king in the days of Daniel by a hand that wrote on the wall? God's hand wrote a message that needed interpretation. And it was a message to the king. And the king couldn't understand it. So he had to call Daniel. And Daniel interpreted what God said, what he wrote on the wall. Yeah. Woo, that's powerful. <laughs> so God's hand performs signs and wonders. In Acts 11.21, the Bible says the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. God's hand has a way of turning people to him. He could go like this. Come, follow me. Did you realize when, when Paul, he, 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 he couldn't go into Asia, but he could go into Macedonia. He saw a man coming saying, come. God is saying to us today in this hour, he's saying, come to me. Turn your hearts to me. Those who have been straying, those who have been uh, away from God, those who have been doing their own thing, they're consumed with other things. God's put to death a lot of idols during this time. So what a better time than right now. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Amen. Make a choice to call upon God. Make a choice right now to repent and turn your hearts to God. God's hand is extended to you. He's saying how much he loves you. So God's hands can turn hearts. And Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, in his discourse... Verse 50, he declared, has not my hand made these things? His hand can create. After all, he's the potter. We're the clay. What does a potter do? He takes his hands and he puts it on the clay. He forms it. He shapes it. He's got the potter wheel going. And he's putting it. In. He, he has an idea of what you need to be. Why? He created you. So he's forming you. He's shaping you. He, he formed your body. He's shaping your attitude. He, he's, he's uh, you know, smoothing out the rough spots. So his hands create. And then finally in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that, he, that in due time he may exalt you. So God's hand promotes. You know, God's hand can pick you up when you're stuck in clay and put you on a rock. God's hand can change your situation in a moment. Now, here's some negative things that God's hand uses against our enemies. In Acts chapter 13, verses 9 to 11. Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, he looked directly at Elamis. Elamis was a sorcerer 
who was opposing the preaching of the gospel. Notice what happens. This is New Testament, Acts. He said in verse 10, O child of the devil, God's hand is against every children of the devil. Well, you say, Brother Dunbar, we're all children of God. No, we're not. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you are of your father the devil. Only people who believe in Jesus Christ and follow him are children of God. If you're not doing that, then you're not a child of God. But here's the good news. You can be a child of God just like that. You just turn to God. All right? Child of the devil, enemy of all unrighteousness, you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. He was describing Elamus, who was trying to stop the promotion, the preaching of the gospel. Will you never stop perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Verse 11, now look, the hand of the Lord is against you. For a time, you will be blind and unable to see the light of sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. God's hand was against him. Why? Because he opposed the gospel. He opposed God. Just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh opposed God, but God's hand came against him. Amen? Did you know that when God's got his hand on you, anybody who opposes you is opposing him? Listen, if you're going to come against me, you're going to have to deal with my big brother. We all got a big brother. His name is J-E-S-U-S. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30 to 31. We know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. You never want to get to the point where God's been dealing with you and you've been opposing him for so long and eventually his hand is going to be against you. Because the same hands that bless are also the same hands that correct. Amen? So God's hands do a twofold. Psalm 21, verses 8 and 9. Your hand will apprehend all your enemies. Your right hand will seize those who hate you. You will, all, you will place them in a fiery furnace at a time of your appearing. Whoa. I don't want God's hand to be against me. So I've purposed in my heart that I'm going to follow him and follow his ways. Would you rather have the hand of judgment or the hand of blessing on you? Would you rather hand, have the hand of hardship or the hand of favor on you? It's really our choice. What hand do you want to manifest in your life? The hand of blessing comes on his children, on his believers, on his followers. The hand of judgment comes on his enemies. And we know that death is an enemy of God. And when, and when he comes again, that's going to be the last enemy that is conquered. And once he comes again, there won't be any more death after that. Hallelujah. Psalm 32, 
verses 4 and 5. Day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was drained as in the summer heat. I acknowledged my sin. And you did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to you, Lord. You forgave me. Um, you forgave the guilt of my sin. So sometimes God's hand can be like a heavy thing on you, but it's leading you to repentance. It's wanting you to change. The only time that God's hand is heavy on us is when we, 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 we need to make an adjustment. We need to make a change. We might need to change an attitude and simply repent. Amen? God's goodness goes before us and leads us to repentance. Hallelujah. So, God's hand is so important in our lives. Oftentimes, the prophets would describe the Holy Spirit coming on them. The, the hand of the Lord was on me, and they did great acts of, of wonders and signs. When, when Samson did his acts of strength, he said the hand of the Lord would come upon me. It, it resembles the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is God's handiwork. And God's hand, Ezekiel said, God's hand came upon me and brought me into the valley of dry bones. God's hand brought him into the visions that he saw. So God's hand, such a powerful thing that we need to be aware of. We need to understand that God's hand, it causes his power to be displayed and deliverance happens. If you need deliverance today, God can deliver you. He delivered Lazarus from the tomb. He delivered his people from Egypt. He delivered them from all sorts of evil in the wilderness. When God stretches his hand, his, his divine favor is released. You know, we need, we need favor today. You know, sometimes you go into a store and supplies are scarce. Where are you going to get them? God will bring them to you. God will make sure that you have enough of everything that you need. Amen? We have to expand our thoughts about God and what he can do. When God stretches his hand, provision occurs. You know, God is, he's El Shaddai. He's not El Chico. When God supplies, he abundantly supplies. He always gives us more than enough, more than what we need. Why? What, what do we do with the extra that God gives us? You share it with others. Amen? When God stretches his hand, he causes us to receive silver, gold, jewelry, and clothes. He'll, he'll provide us with our needs. And when God stretches his hand, our enemies will be plundered. Amen? So, if there was ever a time that we need God's hand, it is today. We need God's hand to stretch forth and to bring a cure to this nonsense. Amen? And God's hand is moving on people's hearts all over. He's saying, it's time to turn to me. I'm stretching out my hand. Will you take my hand? Will you take God's hand? Will you commit your life to him? Will you follow him? Will you obey him? Will you do his will? God is stretching forth his hand. Take it. And you'll 
get to where you need to be. You'll make it to your destination. You won't be derailed or deterred from getting to where God wants you to be. God's got great things in store for you. He's got great plans that he has pre-planned for you to walk in. You're a masterpiece. And he wants you to fill every canvas that he's designed for you. God loves you. We love you. And we're going to, uh, we're already through this thing. Amen. And uh, we're so glad that we can continue to connect even if it's like this. You know, all the times that I watch Star Trek and, uh, you know, put it on screen, you know, and so we're getting our, our weekly screening. And I want you just to take a moment right now and I want you to turn your hearts to God and just say, God, whatever you want to do, I just allow you to do it. I yield completely to you. I surrender to you. I take hold of your hand. And Lord, I, I know that your hand is working on my behalf. I'm not going to take my hand out of your hand. And God's not going to take his hand out of your hand. You're going to be together forever. So just make the adjustments that you need to make in your heart. Sometimes those little adjustments can produce such great results. And continue to stay connected however you need to do it. We're going to be talking to you. And uh, we're going to pray over these cloths that we have here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful and thankful for the anointing of God, the power of God. And Lord, we thank you that your anointing is transferable. May your anointing and power and glory go into these cloths. And Father, who, when, they, when they're received by people, Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders are going to happen. Lord, things are going to break forth in the name of Jesus. And your power and glory are going to be seen in greater degrees and greater ways. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We bless you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're here for you. Let us know how we can help you. Anyway, we're, we love you and God bless you. And our church family just wanted to, you know, we'll be sending these prayer cloths out to you that you could use for your family or 